0: Dawood, if you could come up. He's going to bring our Bible reading this Good Friday in both the Farsi language and also English. So we get to experience something of the gift of the kingdom of God, where there are many languages and many cultures under God's sovereignty. Thank you so much, David.
1: Book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 1 to 8. Therefore since we have been justified justified through faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God not only so but we also glory in our suffering because we know because we know that suffering produces perseverance uh, perseverance character and character hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely we will anyone die for a righteous person. So for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonst- demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us and Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 and 14 you my brothers and sisters were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command love your neighbor as yourself. کلام زندگی خداوند در کتاب رومیان فصل پنج آیه یک تا هش پتشون از راه ایمان پارساش مرده شده ایم میان ما و خدا به واسطه خداوندمان عیسی ایسای مسیح صلح برقرار شده است ما توسط او و از راه ایمان به فیضی دسترسی یافته ایم که اکنون در آن استواریم و به امید سهم شدن در جلال خدا فخر میکنیم نه تنها این بلکه در سختی ها نیز فخر میکنیم زیرا می که سختی ها بردباری به بار می آورد و بردباری شخصیت را می سازد و شخصیت سبب امید می گردد و این امید به سرفکندگی ما نمی انجامد زیرا محبت خدا توسط روح القدس که به ما بخشیده شده در دل‌های ما ریخته شده است هنگامی که هنوز ناتوان بودیم مسیح در زمان مقتضی به خاطر بی جان داد حال آنکه به ندرت ممکن است کسی به خاطر انسانی پارسا از جان خود بگذرد. هرچند که ممکن است کسی را این شهامت باشد که جان خود را برای انسانی نیک بدهد. اما خدا محبت خود را به ما این گونه ثابت کرد که وقتی ما هنوز گناهکار بودیم، مسیح در راه ما مرد. همچنین در کتاب غلاطیان فصل پنج آیه سیزده و چهارده ای برادران شما به آزادی فرا خانده شده اید اما آزادی خود را فرصتی برای ارزای نفس مسازید بلکه با محبت یکدیگر را خدمت کنید زیرا تمام شریعت در یک حکم خلاصه می شود و آن اینکه همسایه‌ات را همچون خیشتند محبت نما آمین
0: Amen. (laughs) Thank you very much, Davood. I don't know about you, but reading uh, in uh, my second language on Good Friday would be a horrifying thing, so we really appreciate your courage this morning. Well, it's a delight to gather around this word with you on this Good Friday. Today is about love. Today we remember and we celebrate the loving gift of Jesus Christ who laid down his life so that we might have life. And life to the full. Today is about just how far a God who is love is willing to go, how much God is willing to give so that we might receive the light and the life that is God's love. Today is about the power of this love, the power that it has to transform us and to change us, to overcome suffering and death, giving and receiving, receiving and giving. These, these are the dynamics of Easter. These are the dynamics at the heart of the Christian faith. After the bread had been broken and after they'd drunk from the cup, Jesus and the disciples take a walk in the Garden of Gethsemane, just a kilometre outside of the walls of Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives. And you can just imagine what the disciples talked about in, frankly, accusatory tones, speculations and suggestions about who exactly was going to be the betrayer that Jesus had just told them was amongst them over dinner. Most of them, I think, must have been feeling pretty smug at this point, pointing the finger at the disciple they liked least, drawing up old grievances, casting blame, using the opportunity to kind of lightly stick the boot in. But when they arrive at the garden, Jesus turns and he says to them, all of you will become deserters. All of you will become deserters. Deserters is the same word that Jesus used when he told his disciples that famous parable of the sower. He said that the seeds that are sown onto rocky ground are like people without roots. They are capable of enduring for a while, but then when trouble and persecution comes, immediately they become deserters, Jesus said. And now some serious trouble and some deep opposition marches towards them in the garden. And Jesus' closest friends, he turns to them and he says, guys, you are seriously lacking depth. You're not going to be able to endure what's coming. All of you will fall away. Now, Peter, of course, his pride is offended at this suggestion that he would be the one to desert Jesus. So, of course, he throws all the other disciples under the bus and says, well, they might desert you, but I never will. In fact, I'm willing to die for you, Jesus. But Jesus knows that not only will Peter desert him, but he will go further, denying that he even knows him three times. Jesus leaves most of the disciples on the outer edge of the garden, but he takes Peter, James, and John with him deeper into the garden's darkness. And there, as they walk into the garden, Jesus becomes more agitated, more agitated than they had ever seen him before. And he says, I am deeply, deeply grieved, even to death. Stay here and stay awake. And then he goes a little farther and he throws himself on the ground. What do you do when the strong person in your life seems so close to completely losing it? Where do you look when the person that you have looked to for strength for courage, throws themselves on the ground in distress. Jesus, he is the one who has called them out of their old lives, who taught them with such breathtaking authority, who healed the sick, who cast out demons, who slept soundly in the boat during a fierce storm while the professional fishermen cowered in the back of the boat. This Jesus who always seemed to know what to do, who always kept calm and carried on, is grieved to the point of death. You see, Jesus is facing his death not with contemplative detachment, but with understandable human terror. And the disciples, well, they don't even seem to realise what's going on because they can't even keep their eyes open, let alone pray. But it is Jesus in this moment of desperation who prays. Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Take this cup from me. Not what I want, but what you want. And then he walks up and down the rows of the olive trees and he prays again Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Take this cup from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. And then he prays for a third time, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Take this cup from me, but not what I want, but what you want. It is a prayer of deep intimacy with Jesus' Heavenly Father. It is a prayer that acknowledges the power and the sovereignty of a God for whom all things are possible. A prayer that makes Jesus' own wish in this moment crystal clear. Take this cup of suffering from me. But a prayer that after Jesus' pleading ultimately places God's desire above Jesus' own, not what I want, but what you want. What an extraordinarily difficult prayer to pray and actually mean it. I don't think that this was the kind of prayer that Jesus just magicked up out of the air. I think that this was a prayer that he had been praying all of his life. We don't just wake up one morning and are able to completely set our will and our way to one side, particularly in the face of our own death. That is the work of a lifetime, of repeatedly opening our senses and our minds to the unconditional love of God of noticing the beauty and the wonder of life as you go about your ordinary and mundane Tuesday afternoon and realising, my goodness, this is all a gift from God. Each ray of sunshine, each tree trunk, each glorious gooey piece of melted cheese, a gift from the Creator who made it all. It is the work of a lifetime, receiving the joy and the limits of our own humanity and the humanity of those people around us, knowing that there is nothing you can do, that there is literally no place that you can go to escape the relentless love of a God in the midst of it all. I don't think you could lay down your life like Jesus lays down his life unless you had been fully received by God. It's only when you've been fully received by God that you can give so gratuitously, that you can give literally everything you have. You see, it's about giving and receiving. These are the roots Jesus was pointing to that are missing in his disciples. I mean, above the ground, it looks pretty good, The disciples had received the good news of the gospel and they'd received it with joy, but they were still living in the place of trusting in their own ability to love God. Still trying to pull their socks up and do the best they could at loving God because, well, gee, God's great and he deserves it, don't you know? Still focused on growing green leaves so they could wave them at God and say, look at me, God, see how much I love you? But Jesus, Jesus was totally focused on abandoning himself into the love of God. You see, every time Jesus went up to the mountains at night to pray all night long, he wasn't singing love songs to God, he was listening to God sing love songs over him. Can you hear this morning? the love song that God is singing over you on this Good Friday. Can you hear it? Can you receive it? What makes this story in Gethsemane so incredibly powerful is the reality that it could have gone either way. Jesus could have called down a battalion of heavenly hosts and everything could have been different. Of course, you and I have the luxury of knowing how it turned out in the end. But if we allow ourselves to enter into the tension of the drama for a moment, we can see that this prayer that Jesus prayed is the moment when Jesus is making the decision in real time to move forward, to give his life as a ransom for many. And he is able to make that decision because he has grown the deepest of roots, His life was rooted and established in the fertile soil of God's unconditional love from the very beginning. You see, if you are grounded in God's love, it is safe. It is safe for you to give yourself utterly and completely to the service of others. And this... This is the freedom that we've been given through Christ, the freedom to love wholeheartedly, gratuitously and with abandon, knowing that we are rooted and established in the unconditional love of God. I mean, so what if the plant of our lives gets pruned to the ground? So what if... The tree gives so many blooms that it blooms itself out. Don't you know that plants regenerate from the roots? Plants regenerate from their roots. Miriam Rose Ungamir Bauman, an Agani elder, educator and artist. She is an extraordinary person. And she is a devoted follower of Jesus. She was baptised when she was 15 years old. She became the Northern Territory's first qualified teacher and then went on to become a principal. She's an artist and the founder of the Merripin Arts Centre. She was the very first Indigenous woman to go to Antarctica and last year she was our Australian Senior of the Year. This is a painting of hers called The Tree of Life. wonder as you look at it, what this painting evokes for you. What do you see? Like many of you, I don't claim to understand the rich symbols of this visual and cultural language that she's working with in this painting, but gee, I'd love to meet her one day and have her explain it to me. What struck me about this painting was just how she plants the cross of Christ in the ground A cross grounded in the dirt and the reality, right here in the midst of creation. Half of it burrowing into the deep of the earth and half of it open to the sky. You could say that there are two trees in this painting, the large black one at the top and then the tree of the cross. I think she's inviting us by calling this painting Tree of Life to see the cross as the tree of life. If we relate this painting back to the story of Gethsemane, this is a picture of what the disciples who Jesus said lacked depth eventually come to look like after Jesus' death and resurrection and the journey that they take through deep suffering and pain. This is what it looks like this black tree up the top to plant your life, to ground your roots in the cross and in the love of God, a love nurtured by a God who can't stop giving. The disciples and us grow into these beautiful large trees that in turn give shelter, give shade, give nourishment to a parched and dry land. You see, today we remember and we celebrate the loving gift of Jesus Christ who laid down his life so that we might have life and life to the full. Today is about how far God is willing to go, how much God is willing to give so that we might receive the light and the life of God's love. Today is about the power of God's love, how he gives it so gratuitously to all and how much it transforms us and changes us as we receive it. It's about what's happening, what happens in you and, what, and me when we receive this gracious love that this gracious God gives. Giving and receiving, receiving and giving. Giving. These are the dynamics of Easter. These are the dynamics of the Christian faith. And I want to invite you into these dynamics this morning. As the worship team comes, um, we're going to say a prayer together. And I wonder if you might just open your hearts and your mind to receive from God what it is he's inviting you to receive this Easter. What he might be inviting you to give this Easter. And then um, the band is going to play and we're going to sing that beautiful song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Let's pray together. Loving God, there are many things in our minds and on our hearts this Easter, but we don't want to take another step without drawing breath and taking the time to receive you. We receive your love poured out on the cross of Christ this morning. We receive the untold grace and forgiveness. We receive your peace, the way in which we can have peace with you and with everyone around us. God, this isn't a moment to boast in our capacity to produce loving thoughts towards you. This is a moment to humble ourselves and to receive all that you long to pour into our lives. Hope and healing, wholeness, forgiveness and freedom. God, it is only your love that truly has the power to redeem. And so we open ourselves to receive your love in these moments. God, we recognize that sometimes it's not a moment, it's not a case of receiving, it's an issue of of giving. For some of us here this morning, God, there are things that we need to give over to you, burdens that we've been carrying that are simply too heavy to bear. And so we lay them at your feet this morning, God. We thank you that you see us this morning, that you know the numbers of the hairs on our head. Such is your extraordinary care for us. So we thank you for Jesus, for the life, for the death for your resurrection of him. And we receive his life into our hearts today by your spirit. It is a wonder and it is a joy to know your love, God.